Hey Rodney, did you know Slack's been a part of the Ready for as long as I have? You mean like back in the Bryant Park days? You know it. Even when there were only a couple of us working out of a cafe in Midtown, Slack is where we came together to tackle the future of work. Over eight years later, we're fully decentralized across eight time zones, and we still do it all with Slack. That's right, because it's the AI-powered platform for growing your business, keeping your teams connected, and making work legitimately simpler. Now you can get up to speed on a new project with one-click summaries or find exactly what you need, when you need it, with an AI-supercharged search function. It makes your day-to-day easier and gives you the freedom to focus on what really matters, your future. Grow your business without the grind in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What I often hear is, I'm not sure we talked about the right things. <laughs> to which my reply is, why didn't you bring a triage item? But that's <laughs> yep. but that's the thing, right? Early on, when when you're accustomed, as I have been in my career, to attending someone else's meeting, to going to someone else's dinner party, and then you don't like the food, you're just like, that chicken was garbage. But when all of a sudden it's potluck, and you're like, there was no salad here, and then somebody goes, well, why didn't you bring salad? You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Brave New Work, a podcast about reinventing our organizations and the search for a more adaptive and human way of working. I'm Aaron Dignan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rodney Evans. Hello, everyone. And we are also joined by Sam Sperlin, our colleague at The Ready, employee number one at The Ready. Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It is truly an honor. On today's episode, we're going to talk about action meetings, a very particular kind of weekly meeting that we practice at The Ready. But before we unpack that, we will check in, which is consequently the first step of the action meeting. Look at us. So meta. All right. So we will do a check-in question for today. And the check-in question is, what are you recommending to people right now? Mm. Uh, Let's go Sam, then Aaron, then moi. All right. I'm coming at you with two recommendations. One. If you are an iPhone or an iPad user and you don't like the default weather app, get the app called Carrot Weather. It's amazing and really good. And the second is a book from 1980 called A Confederacy of Dunces by John Kennedy Toole. It is amazing. Oh, I want to argue with you about that so bad, but I'll save it for another Oh, time. it's a very frustrating book and I hate everybody in it, mm. but I very much enjoyed the book. Mm. All right. Another day. Another day. Mm-hmm. Aaron? All right. Since we've started a pattern of two, I've got two. One of them is a major hat tip to Rodney Evans, which is I just purchased the iPhone 12 mini, the little <gasps> yes, baby iPhone. You did. And I'm very happy with it. I use it less frequently and it fits in my pocket without sticking out and I feel happier. Love so it. iPhone 12 mini. Number Baby's two, forever. as you may have heard on the pod before, and you two have certainly heard from me before. I'm very excited about my continuous glucose monitor telling mm-hmm. me what happens when I eat food. So those two things people are getting an earful on. <laughs> nice. That reminds me of one that I hadn't thought of before, which is the aura ring. So Aaron strong has plus an one. Aura ring. My friend Hollis gave me her old aura ring to try out, and I like it so much. And so I got a new one for my birthday that is prettier and newer and has longer battery life. And I love it. It tells you about your heart rate and your sleeping and your activity levels. And it's just, it's a great, simple interface. It's really nice. I like it. And the other is from the content pocket. If you have not watched Hacks on HBO, 
just stop listening to this podcast and go watch it. Gene Smart is wow. a national treasure. It is like very loosely dramatization of Joan Rivers's life as a comedian, as a breakout female comedian. And wow. I could not have loved it more. It is just, it is a glorious season of television. So I guess affiliate links in the show notes. Someone sponsor us so I can stop working. <laughs> All right. Uh, That was a fun check-in, whoever wrote it. Um, Okay, so today's topic is action meetings. And I guess I want to start by asking you, Sam, what even is an action meeting? Like, where did they come from? How is it done? What's the structure? How would you explain it to someone who's never heard of it before? Sure. So it comes from Holacracy. At least that was where I was first exposed to it under a slightly different name. They called it a tactical meeting. But it is just a highly structured meeting type uh, that teams generally do every week or so to get really clear on their upcoming work and most importantly, unblock each other uh, so that we can go into the week or the next two weeks feeling like we have everything we need to go do great work. And you're probably wondering, how are you going to talk about a, a, a meeting type for an entire podcast episode? But there's a lot here for us Just to, you uh, wait. to chew on. Oh, I've, talk about it for I've written a week. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you two are here with me and are equally nerdy uh, about this. But I think it's also really interesting as a bit of a Trojan horse for doing more interesting transformational work within organizations. And that's what I'm actually really excited about. I've seen what can happen within organizations when you start to make um, these really pretty simple tweaks to a maybe a weekly staff meeting and what it can unlock for an organization. And it has six steps. Okay. What's the first one? The first step, which you all are very familiar with, is the check-in round. (laughs) We ask a question. Everybody goes around and answers it. We build some good vibes. We get every voice in the room. And it is a nice way to, to kick off a meeting. Rodney, I feel like you've been training our audience on the importance of this step for over a year. Y'all, we've been training all our lives for this moment. I'm not, <laughs> we don't need to talk about why a check-in round's good. But I, I had an insight about check-in rounds yesterday because oh, I talked wow. they to keep coming. a former client and they have recently negotiated away from doing check-in rounds. Ah. And I'm personally furious about this. But, <laughs> but, 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 but here's the thing about check-in rounds is even when... A year in, it becomes so rote that you don't feel like you need it anymore. Just keep doing it. And the parallel that I've been using, I don't know if you guys know that if I've said this to you guys both, but you guys know I'm super into crossword puzzles now. It's like all I want to do is crossword (laughs) puzzles. And I will never be able to actually prove to anyone that crossword puzzles are making me better at work or in conversations Mm. or more mindful or more present. But I believe that there is a relationship there. Yeah. The output of check-in rounds in terms of the social fabric of your team and psychological safety and the speed and efficiency of the meeting and the crispness of the next five steps, you will never quantify. Just trust me that it's there and don't stop doing them. Yes. It's like working out. You may not enjoy it on Wednesday, but you need to do it. Totally with you on that. And I would also just add, if you've been working with the same team for a long time and been doing check-in rounds for a long time, that gives you the opportunity to start busting out the weird check-in round. Yes. My favorite one that I've been going to recently with teams I work with a lot, or I have used recently, is what's the best bird? Like That's a question that just like breaks people's (laughs) brains, and it's always fun. Allie asked me this morning, what would someone think about you from going through your trash? Oh, I love that. (laughs) It's just like, uh (laughs) uh-oh. Yeah. This is a creative writing challenge, folks. And if you think you're done with check-in rounds, you're not. 
Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what's step two, Sam? Step two is a, we call it either a checklist review or a habit review. Ooh. Okay. And the idea here is that it's a good idea for teams to have a handful of things that they're trying to get better at. And in the meeting, if the facilitator just goes around and asks everybody a yes or no question, and then we answer yes or no, we get a quick snapshot into how we are doing as a team on that intention. Yeah. Habit review is one of those great things if you are like a behavioral economist type to just orient people towards something that they commit to, but doesn't otherwise have a place for accountability. Mm. So it's like when in a retrospective, we notice that we're not great at giving each other candid feedback, but we're like, what should we do about it? Like a very easy thing to do about it is put a habit review question that says, did you ask for feedback in the last week? So it's a great place for those ephemeral things that happen in a group to get grounded in something practical that just brings our attention to it. And people get very weird about habit reviews. And they're like, we should make everyone give an example of what they did. No, don't do that shit. All you need to do is ask yes or no and assume that the transparency and shame and social pressure that it creates will (laughs) do what it's supposed to do to everyone in the group. One of the things that I have uh, broken with tradition on in the tactical meeting, which, you know, is one of the reasons why I've started playing with other names for it, is the is the, the habit review, the checklist review. I have to be honest that sometimes when I'm setting up a team or a rhythm, I don't do it. And usually it's something that I bring in later and regret not adding. But occasionally mm. I will, you know, I will skip it. So again, just like the check-in round, there is a there is an aspect of working out to all this stuff and and you should probably just lean in and trust the process. I agree with that Aaron, although I would say I often skip habit review on installation mm. and then add it when there is actually a habit when it to surfaces. review. Because yeah. I think your instinct is right because it often feels a little forced or a little mm. empty like on day mm. one. But then later when people, when a team keeps doing the same stuff and they're like, why don't we ever submit our expenses? We've tried everything. I'm like, okay, guys, guess what? There's a sixth yep. step of the action meeting that I've been hiding from you. Yeah. Here it is. It's like smothering a burrito. Like once exactly. you're bored of the burrito. Yeah. All right. I'm into that. <laughs> okay. All right, Sam, step three. Speaking of skipping steps, this is the one that I most commonly skip on installation, which is metrics review. Mm. And the idea here is that any team likely has a handful of metrics that are really important that that tell them whether they're heading in the right direction. And we want to take a moment to quickly review those as a team. And the idea is not to get bogged down in them, not to have a ton of conversation about them, but let's all just look at the latest numbers and make sure we have those in our brains before we go ahead um, to the rest of the meeting. And the reason I skip it a lot of times is because teams will get so wrapped around the axle figuring mm-hmm. out what their metrics are before they even really know what their work is. Yes. So often I'll just skip it. We'll come back to it in a couple of weeks once we've really <laughs> figured out our projects, once we've really figured out our work, then we can talk about what are the numbers we need to look at instead of the other way around. Yeah, I do the same thing. It's also people have such a strong mental model for what a metrics review meeting is that is very difficult to break in the first meeting. So they're just like, well, let me pull open our dashboard or like our monthly financials. And I'm like, Oh God, please don't. That's not what I, that's not what I mean. But it's like, rather than trying to wrest that away from a group, I do often find that it's easier to let the couple of important numbers that we look at every single week emerge after we've done like three or four reps. Yeah. 
It's also one of the reasons why I generally rename this steering metrics because I want Ooh, I like people that. to ask the question, well, what what does that mean? What do you mean steering metrics? That, that's not regular metrics, right? And it's like, yeah, these are we want numbers that are going to help us make different choices week to week and and lean in and notice patterns and steer steer the team or the company. And so that tends to break down some of that resistance. And you know, it may I, I agree with you both that the ideal way to roll into this meeting is probably to do its bare minimum parts in week one and then keep layering, you know, the cake. But this is one that I do fairly early. And, and just by framing it as steering metrics, usually get around some of the static. Nice. Cool. The next step is project updates. Uh, so the idea of project updates is that we as a team have a handful uh, of projects that we care about. And we need to do a quick run through just to hear what has changed in the past week. And that is a very specific prompt, very specific question. It's not just chat about your projects for a little bit. It is very specifically what has changed in the past week on these various projects. And we just run through them really quick. If other members of the team have some clarifying questions that they want, that's fine. But we're not here to really exhaustively deep dive each project. We just want to hear what has changed since the last time we met. I find that this is one step in the process that teams have a ton of trouble with. And it's because a big part of most weekly statusy meetings is the theater of what I'm about to do. People love to talk about what I'm going to do this week or what I plan to do or what's about to happen or what we've agreed will happen or the meeting that's coming up. I'm totally guilty of that as well, because honestly, it feels like shit to show up to your meeting and be like, hey, team, I didn't do anything on my project this week. <laughs> and right. so in a normal system where that can be penalized or punished, there's this new defensive mechanism, which is we spin the future plans into something that sounds like an update. And it's a really hard habit to break. So with this one, we often really try to focus on what has happened? If nothing has happened, it's no change. And making that safe and okay for everyone right out of the gate. And you just have to really remind the team, we're not here to perform. We're not here to lie. We're not here to tell stories. We're just here to describe what happened. Yeah. And it gets you so much when a team starts doing that. Because what sometimes happens is the fifth week of coming and saying no update, someone brings an item in the next section of the meeting that we're about to hear about where they're like, hey, why isn't that moving? Yeah. And what we sometimes find is it's under-resourced or it's under-prioritized or what we often find is like, we just don't actually need it that much anymore. <laughs> we matter. put this thing on yep. the board and then we just keep showing up and and servicing it publicly. But but part of the reason that it doesn't actually matter that there's been no update in five weeks is because the project doesn't actually matter anymore. So like the more you can get real about what is happening and where the effort is and what's moving forward and what's not blocked, but is just not progressing, the more interesting this kind of meeting becomes. Yeah. yeah and then the thing that I have noticed with teams is that they'll get four or five weeks into doing this meeting type. It'll be going really well. And then finally, somebody will will say, you know, we look at these projects every week. Are these the right things we should be doing? Every and then time. that opens up. And this, so maybe we'll talk more about this later. This opens up so many opportunities for other non-action meeting related conversations to happen around, well, what is our most important work that we should be doing? What is our strategy? And then now you're off to the races doing a bunch of really interesting things. And it came out of the fact that we have to look at these list of projects every week. 
Yeah. And the one other thing I want to say, just in case anyone is going to try this at home, and I really hope y'all do, is when you're building that project list, you want to be specific about the work that is current. So I don't want to see a project on a list that's like, sell a new client. Because that's not a project, that's an idea or an outcome. What we want to get at right now is somewhere between an action item that's just like create a list of new clients and a big sweeping outcome. So so hopefully it's something more like, you know, conduct a retrospective on the last 10 successful clients. That's the project level we're looking for is like it has parts to it. It's not just a a thing you check the box on, but it's not something that is big and encompasses many projects. Absolutely. It's also worth noting along the lines of what you just shared that not every project that the team is doing has to be covered here. Yes. So the team decides and each individual decides what needs to rise to the level of everyone's attention. And if it's something that I'm doing that's just very bespoke to my role and my corner of the organization and it really doesn't matter to everyone else, I do not need to waste their 15 seconds. It's about what do we all need to be coherent about and how does that drive then the overall vector of the team? Yeah, Yeah, and the very specific prompts I usually use to get at that, is it something that significantly impacts everyone here? Is it something that people here will need to contribute to? Or is it something that you really are going to need feedback on? Mm. If it's none of those things, maybe just keep it on your own project list. And what is really fascinating, and this is a whole uh, kettle of fish, is that sometimes the answers to those questions, Rodney, a team will have zero projects and they're and they're like wait we're a team how do we not have any any projects but it's because (laughs) so many leadership teams are teams in name only and they don't actually they have not yet articulated any shared work that they should all be aware of everybody has their individual silo and we show up to this weekly meeting and we kind of report out on our silos and that's it and doing an action meeting makes that very obvious very quickly and then you get to have a really good conversations about well what should we have as shared work as mm-hmm. a leadership team? What yeah. is the stuff that we should be doing? And that's where, you know, OS canvassy type conversations can be really helpful. That's where the magic happens. It's time Indeed. for the fifth step. The, the best step. step. The fifth right. and the best. Mm-hmm. So it goes by several names. You can either call it building the agenda or triage, building an emergent agenda. The idea is that Together as a team, we are going to make our agenda of the things that we want to talk about. And we are very explicitly separating out the building of the agenda from the talking about the agenda. So the way this works is that in some sort of shared space, a Trello board, a mural board, mural, whatever, a whiteboard, we're just going to put placeholders for topics on a list with the person's initials next to them, whoever needed that that item. So you'll see things like two or three words, talk about next week, uh, project A, all sorts of various things like that. And we make a list until we don't have anything else to talk about. And what's the prompt for triage, Sam? What do you need? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) What What do you need? need? And why is what do you need such an important prompt in self-management? Because I got to figure out what the heck it is that I need. And (laughs) and And that is that 
metacognition is really important and really uncomfortable for people who have not done it very much. Oh, they hate it so much. Because often what the need is that they're really addressing is a need to hear their own voice spoken (laughs) into a room to reaffirm the power that they believe they have. And, uh, and, And you can do that in triage, but you have to be clear in a way that that's what you're doing. Like right. you have to say, my need is for everyone to hear me talk right now, <laughs> or, you know, my need is to announce this or whatever. And and even just in doing that, I think it brings a level of clarity to our behavior in a group that is usually missing. I couldn't agree more. I think the, this is the part of the process that is the ice cream and the ice cream sandwich. It is the part that challenges the biases and assumptions about what a meeting is in some ways the most, right? Because it's done on the fly. So usually we're used to pre-planning the agenda. And usually there's a lot of power dynamics in what goes on to the agenda, right? Is this going to make the agenda or not? Am I important enough to control the agenda? Who owns the agenda? All that stuff is now gone because it's just us in the moment. It also breaks all of our thoughts about planning and predicting because we don't care about what last week's items were. We, we wipe those clean. We don't care what next week's items are going to be. We only care about what is present and alive right now in the moment. And so there's a Zen to that. Yeah. And then as you were saying, like it, it, it breaks the, the norms around being really clear with your colleagues about your requests, yeah. which is a general self-management trait that doesn't just get limited to the action meeting or, or the tactical meeting. It gets, it gets exposed all over the place, right? You have to be concrete about the requests you're making wherever you go in a system where you don't have a lot of those traditional structures to take care of you. So it's a it's a wild one. But what's weird about this one, I don't know if you two would echo this or challenge this, but I find that while a lot of the other steps get a lot of pushback and a lot of resistance, I find that generally speaking, this step, even though it does have all those uh, disruptions built into it, is kind of well-liked and kind of easy to slip into. No. Ah. Also, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, really? I would say... <laughs> oh, they hate it. They hate it so much until at they first. love it. Sam, you go first. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, at first, this is the step that takes the most coaching and cajoling from me, usually, because people feel like they re- like a triage item is a very specific thing that they have to have like really figured out, when mm. really, a triage item can be literally anything. I need right. to tell the team a thing. I need advice on a thing. I need a decision on a thing. What do you all think about this? Anything goes. And until a team really understands that, there seems to be a lot. And also, there's like power dynamics. If a team has some messed up power dynamics, then people may be hesitant to add their uh, items to the triage list, especially if the leader of the team has not added anything yet. But once you get over that, then yes, I agree with you. And this is what keeps an action meeting sticky. This is what why teams who really get it don't want to let it go. I think sometimes they could take or leave some of the other phases of the meeting, but this is the one where you know you really get to have some of that authority, some of that autonomy that mm-hmm. people really crave. Yeah. And, and I would only add to that in the early reps of this, what I often hear is it felt really rushed. And what mm. what's really happening is I didn't get to just do whatever I wanted to. So I felt rushed and I'm not sure we talked about the right things to which my <laughs> reply is, 
why didn't you bring a triage item? But that's, <laughs> yep. but that's the thing, right? Early on when, when you're accustomed as I have been in my career to attending someone else's meeting, to going to someone else's dinner party, and then you don't like the food. You're just like, that chicken was garbage. But when all of a sudden it's potluck and you're like, there was no salad here. And then somebody goes, well, why didn't you bring salad? You're like, uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that at all. <laughs> Why it's, didn't someone anticipate I'd want salad? Well, that's not what self-management is. It's funny because I I have had slightly different experiences in terms of in terms of the willingness or the enthusiasm, but what I also have noticed that is that is resistant about this process is that it tends to be light in the early yes. sessions yeah. so where the, people are not bringing stuff either because there's a psych safety issue or there's a lack of clarity about what to bring or what have you. And, and in, in cases that I've experienced personally as a, as a founder or a team leader has been, sometimes it's just me. Yeah, it's totally. like, I've brought five or six things. Cause like, I got stuff, you know, I'm thinking yeah. about this business all the time and I got stuff. And then it's like, Hey, where is everybody? And so figuring out how to navigate that and how to draw folks out and into this moment, this opportunity, I think is actually quite challenging. I will say, I feel like the groups that I've had the easiest time installing action meetings with are groups of engineers. Mm. And I think, I don't know, I think it's because they are interdependent teams that make something and they're very accustomed to being like, I am blocked on this. I need you to review this code. This is a thing. And so it's a pull request. Exactly. So like I, there's something about the way that those teams work naturally that flows very easily into triage. (laughs) Whereas a leadership team is just like, wants to flip the table over and get real mad at me. I love that. Yeah. It's like a live PR. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's do the last step. Cool. Well, we kind of mushed together the building of the agenda and then the processing of the agenda. So if there's anything else to say around processing the agenda, I guess now is the time to do it. The idea here is that we just work our way through this agenda. The facilitator has privilege to pick things off in the order that he or she wants. And we get the person what they need. So if the person needs a conversation, we have a conversation. If they need someone to take on a next action, we see if we can get someone to take that next action and we write it down. And the key thing here is that we really want any sort of decisions around if this is a new project or if this is a new action to be written down in a space where we can all see it and we can all agree that, yeah, this is what we talked about. And we're not all leaving the room with various implicit understandings of what we just agreed to in the room. It's so funny, Sam, because you're such a next action head and I am not at all. <laughs> I let everybody yeah. choose their own adventure on next actions. But I but I but I hear you. I'm gonna hear you as good practice. Two things occurred to me as you were saying that. One is we didn't talk about the fact that usually we run an action meeting from some sort of shared board yep. that has a column for each of these sections. So your project list is in a column and then the agenda that you're building on the fly is in a column. And two things to add to that. One is We should be adding agenda or triage, I'm using those words synonymously, agenda items as we want to have conversations based on all of the sections of the meeting. So like a triage item could be, I... I want to swap out our habit review question, or it could be accounts receivable looked really low to me when we looked at metrics. Can we have a strategy session to talk about how we are going to pull that money in or you know, I noticed that that project is stalled or I know that this project is going on right now, Aaron, and I'm surprised that there's not a project on the board to hear about it. Would you be open to adding it? Like triage can just be about all of the needs that you bring from your week and your life and your work, but also it can be about everything we've heard to this point 
And it can be about the meeting in general. So you can bring a triage item that says, I think we're spending too much time on project review. And I think one of my clients instantiated a line, a card in the, in the project column that was just a line. And at the beginning of project review, they put the line and everyone who had an update to their project moved that card above the line. And those are the only ones they reviewed because someone brought a triage item that said, we're spending too much time on project review and we should have more time for triage. That's smart. I like that a lot. Yeah, it was dope. Sometimes clients are the best. I'm on a team that added a whole section to this meeting in what? triage last week. Yeah. Where we, you know, having a recruiting project update was nice, but really what the group wanted to do was have a deeper exploration of the recruiting topic on a weekly basis to mm-hmm. kind of unblock that work more deliberately with a little bit more spaciousness. And so while you could technically handle that with a recurring triage item or a project update that was really long, the group was like, maybe we should have a little little 10 minute recruiting section for a few you know, few weeks and see if that helps. I like that. Yeah. So that's yeah, what that's we're doing. A, a nice example of how, you know, the listening to us talk about this meeting, it probably sounds and it is very prescriptive, but really it's a platform that you can modify and you can tweak it to your own team's team's needs as necessary. Uh, the last step uh, is a closing round or a checkout round. And there are various questions. The default that uh, I usually use is, what did you notice? And my second question used to be, what can we do better next time? And I noticed that this was an opportunity. People people would take this as an opportunity to lob a negativity bomb onto the team yes. as we all left. <laughs> so I changed my default question to, what is one thing that I am going to do differently next time? Or I'm mm. considering doing differently at our next meeting. And that way, Boom. people had to talk about like what they were going to do differently, not like, oh, I, you know, I, I noticed that our facilitator was really bad this week. Like, all right, that's not helpful. Thank you. Yes. Can I admit something in this trust tree? Yeah, it's only the it. three of us there's, here. There's only, you know, several thousand people listening. So why not? <laughs> I find closing rounds a little draining. Mm-hmm. I feel like they are valuable kind of, I don't know, y'all. I don't know what my problem is. I do them. I always do them because I know that they're important, but closing rounds for me are the dental appointment of the action meeting. Right. I mean, yeah. the energy is lower. We're on the way out. It's like we're, we're either close to time or, or at or over time. And it does feel like, you know, like sometimes the substance is not enough to justify the time. One, one recommendation I would make, which is, which is very antithetical to the norm at the ready, but that I would recommend trying either for you, Rodney, or for any listener who's feeling similar vibes, is resist the urge to make the checkout round two or three questions and make it just one. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you just say, what did you notice in this meeting in one or two sentences, it can be the whole thing can be done in 70 seconds. Yeah. And, and it's actually kind of interesting. Like it's, and, and often like maybe the move there is just rotate next week. It's what can you do better? What will you do differently next time? The week after that, it's, what did you notice the week after that? It's what are your plans for the weekend? Like it doesn't have to be the same, but I think, um, I think that the, the genius of the check-in round is always that it's one thing. And it's funny that we kind of violate that on the way out. That's a yeah. really good call. Also, I'm realizing as we talk about this, part of my beef is that I feel like the energy of triage is always quite high because it's very poppy and it's very like, did you get what you need? Yes. Hell yeah. Move on. And then it's like, 
okay, what did we all notice? And it's like, (laughs) it just goes from the top, you know, it goes from the top of the meeting to like the trough. So maybe there's also a a thing to play with that is about keeping it, keeping it bursty. Yeah. Which the one question thing is, is definitely part of that. But I also think, yeah, maybe making it a little bit more fun more often would be cool. The other way that I've made it bursty is if you have like nine people in the meeting, instead of making all nine do closing round, usually by like the fifth person, you're just hearing the same thing over. I'll say, okay, great. We're done. Give me three of you. Hit me with a closing round. Here's the question. And once we get three people do it, then that's fun too. That is that's awesome. I like that. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And then it'll just be like a a little moment of hunger games. (laughs) (laughs) The other move I've tried on the levity front, because obviously not every closing round needs to be like this perfect retrospective, is we're we're using the around meeting tool in probably half my meetings now, which is little circular Zoom windows that have the ability to search for for an animated GIF and and show it. And so sometimes it's like, you know what, we're close to time. Let's get out of here. Let's just everybody just throw up a GIF about where you're at, how you're feeling, what's going nice. on, and you just get like some funny some funny visuals, and then everybody bounces, and that's. You know, it's just a way to like put a pin in it. Dig it. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's the action meeting. We did it. We did From it. Beginning to end. All right. So Sam, recap the steps for us with suggested timing for each. Ooh, suggested nice. length. Okay, cool. Check-in round. Uh, minute or two. Tops. Checklist re- or habit review. Minute. Tops. Pro- metrics review. Anywhere from like five to eight minutes. Potentially shorter if you can get away with it. Project updates, five, no no more than 10 minutes. Again, it depends on how long, how many you have, but it should be far less than 10 minutes. If you are spending nearly half of your time in project updates, you are doing it very wrong. Building the agenda should only take a minute or two. And then the rest of your time, hopefully most of it, is processing the agenda. That's my my take on timing. So I don't know if you two would agree with that. Yeah, and then close, closing round, you know, one or two minutes and never do a closing round if it'll make you end overtime. Never ending overtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I I think that's about right. I, my my shorthand is uh, triage should be about half the meeting. Yeah, exactly. So fit everything yeah. else in the remaining 35 yeah. minutes. That's smart. Yeah. And in total, I mean, we haven't talked about this yet, but if an action meeting takes more than an hour, you're probably doing it wrong. If yep. it takes less than 15 minutes, you're probably not clear on what's going on and what's needed and really unblocking work. Or it's been a really good week of people communicating well in other channels. And otherwise, it's usually, you know, 45 minutes on balance. Yep. So obviously, we're all action meeting zealots. I just I cannot really overstate what can come from doing this. I've just seen groups really transform through using the hell out of this structure. And that's because of its intentional and very principled design. So I'm going to throw out a principle that we believe in. And I'd like us to just give a quick nod to what about the action meeting brings that principle to life. So this is fun. something Excellent. like learning by doing. Well, when I teach a team an action meeting, I, it's not it's not me lecturing to them. It's us getting in there together and looking, talking about their work, and we just do an action meeting for their first action meeting. There's no really just chit-chatting about it. Yeah. And there's no place really 
to bring like a long PowerPoint and put on a show. (laughs) Like if you have information like that and you actually need feedback or input or something, you have to do something about it. Like you have to send that before and then bring a triage item that says, I'd like four minutes of feedback. Like you actually get stuff because you're clear on your needs and you design for that rather than like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take up airtime to talk at people. Well, and I'm glad you said that because one of the reasons that I started referring to this meeting as an action meeting and not a tactical meeting, which is where it originates from, is that I really wanted to focus and center everyone on the idea that this is about unblocking and taking and understanding action. Yeah. Like this isn't about theater. It's not about planning. It's not about strategy. It's not about any of that stuff. It's not about governance. This is about action that has happened and that is about to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. What about working in public as a principal? Well, you mentioned that generally we have like a Trello board or some sort of tool that we are using during this meeting and all of the projects and the, the agenda that we end up building together and the actions that we decide to take all come, I'll, I'll end up living on this board that we all have access to. So it's a very public way of, of, of doing our work. Yeah. And you can be going into that board. Part of the reason that I ask for specificity when people name projects is because I like to pop into the board and see what yeah. stage things What's are doing? at without having to ask anyone a question. It's often the first time that a team has visualized their workflow yeah. as a team. Yeah. Uh, what about principles of autonomy? This is no longer a leader's meeting. When a team adopts uh, an action meeting, it becomes the team's meeting. And the biggest example of that is building the agenda together in the moment together. It's not about hierarchy. It's about who has needs and how can we meet them together as a team. Yeah. And what a relief it is. I mean, to those of you out there who are managers or founders or leaders, having a meeting about unblocking the flow of work in your organization or your team that you can show up to and not have to be driving the whole freaking caravan (laughs) is fantastic. And on top of that, it obviously opens up a lot of potential for folks to step up and get their needs met and make their requests. As we talked about, that might be hard, might be challenging, but the meeting does kind of demand it. It it really calls for it. And and to really lean into it, you kind of have to go, you have to go to an autonomy place. That seems like a great place to wrap this episode up. Sam, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And for all of you out there, if you love what you're hearing and you want to hear everything we have to say about meetings and everything else in the world, please leave us a review, follow us, subscribe, or forward the show to someone who would love it. A quick tip of the hat, as always, to Taylor Marvin for making us sound good. I'd also like to tip my hat to Tom Thomason, who taught me the action meeting oh, those many years ago. Also a friend of the show and former guest. But Brave New Work is produced by The Ready, where we help organizations around the world change the way they work. You can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at the And as for you, thanks for listening. Now go change something. <laughs>